0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scotland are looking to make it four wins from four in European qualifying tonight It's Georgia up next as Steve Clark's men hope to extend their lead at the top of the group And Rangers won't be signing Malik Tillman this summer I'm Andrew McLean, joining me in the studio is Mark Wilson Well what a night we have ahead of us Andrew The Tartan Army descending in what will be another sellout Hamden And rightly so because we're going for four wins out of four at the start of a qualifying campaign for the first time ever positive signs ahead for Steve Clark's men can they build on what was a remarkable result on Saturday against Norway can they get the job done to sign off this international break in top form and then only the visit away to Cyprus to look forward to in September we are in a great position let's hope the boys can get the job done yeah well Steve Clark was talking yesterday about the feel good factor around the national team so we want to hear from you on the phones whether you are watching it at home whether you're on your way to Hamden at the moment and you'll be watching the game from the National Stadium we'd love to hear your thoughts on it whether you're reflecting on Saturday's result and what could that mean heading into tonight what you think of tonight's result maybe you've got some thoughts on team selection as well we'd like to hear from you and we will be crossing live to Hamden as well to be speaking to Gabriel Antoniazzi who is there for us so 01419511025 on the phones or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB as always we do like to hear from you on the phone so that's 0141 951 1025 and I just mentioned it there Mark about the, the feel good factor it was a phrase that Steve Clark used a few times yesterday in his pre-match press conference but it's hard not to get excited about the national team when you look at the results of late yeah of course I'm in the unfortunate position the unfortunate age that I don't remember too many good times um, from Scotland teams France 98 Euro 96 France 98 of course I was fortunate enough but there's a large period from that till now okay we qualified for the Euros which was great but this is this is off the back of the Euros that was the foundations I think a lot of us said after that campaign that we saw signs of something special forming within this squad a group of young players who've amassed a lot of caps now, a lot of experience, and they were the right group to take his places. And it's certainly looking that way at the minute. It goes to show you the results against Spain weren't just a freak and weren't out the ordinary and unex- uh, undeserved. They certainly have been deserved. And to go away to Norway and be 1-0 down with three minutes to go and turn that round shows the character that this side has. Now, this is the next big test that comes along you've beaten Spain at home you've beaten Norway away these are sometimes the ones that we stumble when we are the favourites at home and we don't quite get the job done I think this squad has it in them to dispel that but Georgia still has her threats of course some good good players in that side so we have to be careful but I think we could get the job done because that it is it isn't it when you look at wins against Spain and you know dramatic wins against Norway you need to still win the ones like George at home as well Yeah well We chat about bread and butter fixtures At club football Your home games You need to win those It's exactly the same At international level And Scotland know fine well That when this group was drawn The home games were always going to be crucial And if they could pick up some points Away from home Then it would be a bonus They've done the hard thing They've went away to Norway With Haaland in form Just coming off the back of winning that Champions League And got the three points But It's these home games Um 
Obviously the one against Cyprus Took a wee bit of time To get going if we remember But we got there Spain was sensational Let's hope we can make this one Just as sensational as that Spain one Well if you're watching the game tonight Maybe you're heading to Hamden At the moment Let's hear from you 01419511025 Let's get the thoughts of Steve Clark First ahead of this one Be difficult uh, I said right at the start We had the toughest group Georgia for sure are the toughest pot four team. Uh, one defeat, one defeat in fifteen matches. They're on a good run. They they'll feel good about themselves. Uh, good one away to Cyprus. Difficult place to go. Some good players, organised, good shape to their team. So tough game. A win would be good. Uh, it's all we're focused on. We we spoke after the match camp about capitalising on the the home win against Spain. We managed to do that, albeit late on against Norway. Obviously, we bring a, a feel-good factor on the back of those two results, but we know, and, and, and football's got a habit of biting you if, you if you don't respect the game. So we respect our opponent, we respect the game, and we try to get another three points against Georgia. Yeah, it's interesting because Georgia, the, the pop four side in our group, Steve Clark has, has mentioned it'll be a tough game. They've yeah. only lost one game in 15, which, yeah. is, which is quite incredible for any national team, let alone you know a, a side that are top four in a group, a side like Georgia. Yeah, Steve Clark spot on when he says he's, they're probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest team in pot four. And I remember watching their part of their game against Norway when it was 1-1 at, at home, and it was incredibly open. Norway played well that night, but Georgia looked a threat. Um, Especially on the counter attack They've got plenty of pace Plenty of creativity In their side So there's certain dangers there That we have to Negotiate But Again the way Steve Clark Sets up his side Some people say Maybe too pragmatic Sometimes a bit dull Because First and foremost It's about defending And keeping yourself in the game But it's effective And it gets the job done And we have got players That can go through A defensive structure into a, a, a counter attack and turn the game on its head. So I think we'll be, you know, wary tonight because Steve Clark knows the threats that could come at him. But I think when we get higher up the pitch, we have players um, that can create things and score goals. Uh, and that's, I, I don't think it will go all our way tonight. But I still think we've got the quality to get the three points. Yeah, how different do you think this performance will need to be? From the one against Norway Just in terms of style of course You know you could sit in and absorb a bit against Norway And, and hit them on the counter attack Scotland are going to need to do a lot of the hard work tonight Yeah listen it's always more difficult at home Because the emphasis is on you To go and take the game to Georgia Or whoever you're playing at home And that was the case for Norway On Saturdays Norway had to come at Scotland And Scotland could quite easily set up in that structure Be very difficult to break down Frustrate and at times, Andrew, I was looking at the game thinking we are getting nothing out of this because we carried such little threat at the top end of the pitch. But it goes to show you when you have that resilience and that belief and that mindset uh, and players who are willing to get up and support guys like Dykes, then you've always got a chance. And uh, I think it will be similar to stages tonight. I don't think there's any chances going all out gung-ho because we know the threat that Georgia possess we know the quality they've got that they can spring an attack and pick you off so again we'll be careful but you know the emphasis of course will be on us to to win the game and when you win games against Norway and Spain the there becomes an expectation a belief from the stands that can sometimes 
make it harder on the pitch Scotland players will be well aware of what's expected of them tonight well, we want to hear your thoughts out there as well 01419511025 is the number you need or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB maybe you've got some thoughts on Team news because that will be coming along shortly Maybe in, in the next 20-25 minutes or so So we'll bring you that from Hamden when we get it Would you expect there to be many, if any, changes tonight, Mark? Um, from the start and 11 the other Not particularly I, I mean, if everybody's fit and ready to go Then I think it'll be pretty much the same I, I really can't see I Even though Kenny McLean takes his goal fantastically well the other day It was a brilliant goal I don't really expect to see him come in So much of the same Maybe just a few tweaks And in, in how we go about that starting 11 in, in terms of how we take the game to Georgia At times Rather than being a defensive unit But I think Steve Clark Is fairly loyal to players um, Players that do the job for him um, And although we went one behind With that starting 11 They did a lot of things right in the game um, And carried out the manager's instructions Almost to a T So no, I wouldn't expect many changes um, And I think that'd be the right call if I'm honest That is the beauty of the Scotland side at the moment You look at the substitutions that Steve Clark made And some of the quality that he's able to bring on At the moment Guys like Billy Gilmore that yeah. are coming on And helping make a difference So he will have a selection headache going into games Although, as you say, he does have that loyalty to certain players Yeah, well, it's some of the criticism that Steve Clark took At the time when he made those substitutions You only have to look at social media And some of the backtracking um, that, that's went on there this week Some some people rightly so pointed out that When we were one down and looking for a goal that Steve Clark chose to go for McLean and chose to go for Gilmore instead of putting on a, a more attacking option, if you like. Um, but goes to show, he got it spot on. He knew what he was getting with Gilmore in terms of he can keep the ball and and play forward passes. And, and Kenny McLean, he's got legs in there who, when he gets into the final third, shows real quality and can nick you a goal. So... Steve Clark knows what he's doing um, But I just think he, he probably will stick with that starting 11 that, that begun the game in Norway It's a very Scottish thing to not get carried away Because we've been burnt <laughs> in the past quite a lot But if Scotland get all three points tonight Four wins from four in this group Would be an incredible start To yep. the point where it would be it would be a disaster almost if Scotland didn't qualify just based on how well they've done in, in those first ah, four games certainly we'll the first three to this flight, point Andrew tonight we will be booking a flight to Germany if they win no look if they win tonight I say let's take nothing away from Cyprus because it was a wee bit of a sticky uh, afternoon for us when they came to Hamden but again you'd expect Scotland to go away to Cyprus and win in September the 8th now that puts us in an unbelievable position to negotiate the game against Spain away in October and then of course Norway at home so win tonight this is one of the, the more trickier tougher ones when you're coming off the back is such a high and everyone thinks oh it's Georgia I mean Georgia they don't qualify for major tournament we should beat them mm, it's not as simple as that on the international stage so negotiate this one well get three points and then yeah we'll be in Germany next year Let's hear from you at home 01419511025 Let's first get the thoughts of Aaron Hickey Ahead of this one on a few different things And one of those is the potential of facing Kavica Kvaric-Skelia tonight, the Napoli winger It boosts your confidence, you know uh, Going away and playing against the likes of Haaland, uh, Odegaard um, You know, they were a good team they, I thought they played quite well, but 
uh, yeah, no, just we managed to uh, end up getting two goals. So, yeah, no, obviously it was your confidence going into the next match. I think we all just believe in ourselves, you know, as a team. Um, yeah, we all work hard together, but um, yeah, we believe in ourselves, but we know that we have to work hard to get the results. So, um, yeah, no, we're sort of just um, taking it game by game um, yeah, and just focusing on the next one. And if selected, how much are you looking forward to coming up against Kvaracilia, the Napoli winger? Yeah, I think we all know he's a top player, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a challenge for me, but um, I think the full team know that we just have to try and shut them off as much as we can and yeah, just hopefully we'll do our best then. Mark's been spending the whole of that <laughs> clip trying to pronounce Kvica Kvaracilia. Are you brave enough to try it on Kvara- air? Kvaracilia. Let's just leave it there before we get ourselves in trouble Let's go to Hamden Park Where Gabriel has all the build up for us Thanks Andrew And yes, good evening from Hamden Park Where Scotland have the chance to take a huge step Towards qualifying for a major tournament this evening They welcome Georgia to Glasgow The atmosphere is beginning to build Here at the south side of the city Head of the crucial clash The Scots looking to continue their perfect start To their Euro 2024 qualifying campaign Following impressive victories over Spain and Cyprus in March And a stunning late comeback win against Norway Just three days ago The mood amongst the camp is at an all time high under manager Steve Clark and the boss believes his side will only get better and that there is much more to come. We aren't expecting too many changes to line up this evening given the significance of Saturday night's result. If anyone is likely to come in, perhaps it's Billy Gilmore after his impressive cameo in midfield off the bench. The opponents this evening are ranked 41 places below Scotland in the world rankings. However, they have shocked Scots in the past, winning two of the past three meetings. I think 2007 and 2015, where results in Tbilisi cost the nation qualification. Georgia have also made their own impressive start to the group. They beat Cyprus and Drew in Norway, so they actually sit in second place, just below Clark's men. They're unbeaten in 10 competitive internationals. It's the longest such run in their history. They, of course, have the Napoli superstar winger Kvica Kvaraskelia, one of the best left-sided players in the world at the moment. And credit to Stephen McGowan, friend of the show, for this stat. The fourth game of a qualifying group has often been Scotland's sticking point, having only won one of their past 12. But let's not be doom and gloom. This side are not responsible for past failures. They have full belief they can win this tonight and put themselves on the brink of reaching Germany next summer. It is going to be a sellout here and it will be rocking by kickoff at 7.45. I'll bring you team news when I get it. Yeah, Hamden will fill up nicely. Thank you to Gabriel for that. We'll go back to Hamden to get team news shortly. It was that stat he was saying in there that match day four for Scotland in qualifying is terrible, is it? One win in 10 or 12, I think it was that Gabriel said. Let's not think about that. Digging into yeah, that. I on. mean, I tell you what, full marks to him for the pronunciation. Cavara <laughs> uh, Chile. Oh, don't even. Kavarac- shit, right, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> oh, this we're is struggling, aren't we? Bite Gavs was brilliant, yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at his performances because he obviously played against Rangers in the yeah. in the Champions League group stages. He's had a fantastic season. He is just one of the, the rising superstars in European football at the moment and, and he will be yeah. the type of player that but clearly with the results that George have had he's not he's not the only good player in their team he is just head and shoulders above the rest no of, of course not and that's why we need to be careful you know it's only natural that the press ask Hickey about that because he's a standout player of course there's 
They'll and be, he'd be a direct opponent of Aaron Hickey's as well, wouldn't yeah, he? Because Kvaratskeda yeah, is a left winger. There's there's going to be you know all sorts of other quality on their side as well. But he has been the standout this season. Loved watching him in the Champions League, and of course came off the back of winning the league as well. We when I play had an outstanding season, and he will be the next big transfer probably or one of the big transfers. I know Napoli's a great club to play for, but a big offer will come in for him. Um, so, of course, we need to put the shackles on him tonight and it probably will be Hickey's job, but plenty more quality on that side. Yeah, but it's similar to the discussion we had ahead of the Norway game. Scotland just need to be the ones imposing themselves, whether it's John McGinn, whether it's you know Scott McTominay, Callum McGregor, whether it's Lyndon Dykes getting the goal yeah. at the weekend there. The, the Scotland players need to be the ones thinking, you know what, we need to make sure the opponents are fearing us. Well, of course, I, I think Georgia would have done their homework uh, very well, of course, on, on your players. And they don't really need to dig too deep because our players are are now in the world stage when some of those names you just mentioned there, um, some of them playing uh, in the top league in the world, so they're right in the forefront of people's minds. Uh, I know McTominay, not often a starter for Man United, but you look at McGinn the season he's had, obviously the captain, Andy Robertson, you've got Kieran Taylor. So well-known players, um, and Georgia will know a lot about them, but it's up to those guys to perform. And and those guys that I've just mentioned, very rarely did they let us down now. There was a bit of a stigma about Andy Robertson never turns up for Scotland. Well, he's kind of dispelled that myth now. John McGinn, where's his best position? Steve Clark knows where that is. He's our talisman. And Lyndon Dykes, is he the man to lead the line? Is he just, did we kick the ball up to him? No, he's a lot more than that. And everybody else built around about him. We've got a fantastic side, fantastic squad. Let's hope we see the best of them tonight. Well, Scotland fans, let us know what you are thinking ahead of this game tonight. Maybe you've got some thoughts on team news as well before we go back to Hamden. 01419511025. Maybe your attentions are still on the domestic side of things. You're a Celtic fan potentially that wants to talk about the return of Brendan Rodgers. Maybe you're a Rangers fan and you've heard that news today that Malik Tillman won't be returning to Ibrox. Any thoughts on any of these topics? 01419511025. The voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Looking ahead to that big game at Hamden, Scotland against Georgia. Steve Clark's men looking to make it four wins from four in Euro 2024 qualifying. So if you're out there, you're looking forward to the game. Maybe you've got some thoughts on team news. Give us a call 0141 951 1025 We will go back to Hamden To get that all important team news shortly As soon as it drops And of course There is big domestic football news happening as well The appointment of Brendan Rodgers The return of Brendan Rodgers Official yesterday Celtic fans Maybe you've got some thoughts to add to the ones we heard yesterday And Rangers fans It's now official today that Malik Tillman Will not be returning to the club this summer I wonder what you think of that On 0141 951 1025 Just going to that news from yesterday Mark It was no real surprise when at around midday It was announced that Brendan Rodgers has made his return We'd been talking about it all last week But now official on a three year deal Yeah, box office stuff I think from Celtic Replacing Ange Postacoglu with Brendan Rodgers An elite manager I think it's a great appointment, I really do Um, The success he had at the club can never be Taken away from him How he shaped the team um, the attractive football he played It just ticks a lot of boxes What's expected of a Celtic manager And of course, listen The, the relationship will still be frosty In some certain quarters uh, Of Celtic fans But I think that will thaw pretty 
pretty quickly. I th- yeah, I mean, there was quite a lot of positivity on the phones last night. I yeah. think pretty much every Celtic fan that phoned in was was happy about the appointment, was looking forward to it, was, you know, just kind of looking back on 2019 and saying, well, yeah, you know, was, wasn't happy about it at the time, but willing to forgive and forget. Well, of course, because I think the, the more sensible football fan will look at what Brendan Rodgers brought to the club and why he was tempted away. He was tempted away to a Leicester side who, who at that time were investing huge amounts in their squad to, to try and replicate some of the success that they got with winning the league. It was never going to happen. But they saw Brendan Rodgers as the best bet. That's an English Premier League club. That means he was a huge success here, which he was. Seven trophies out of seven. Set up nicely, Neil Lennon, for that eighth um, the league. And Neil obviously got over the line with the Scottish Cup So he won everything in sight Now where he has to improve is of course European football I think that's what's what's driven him back really Obviously making amends with the Celtic fans is, is probably a huge thing for him And to keep this run of domestic success going But I think he's got unfinished business uh, in the European campaign He tasted a semi-final with Leicester in terms of the Conference League but the Champions League is where elite managers like him want to manage and he gets a crack at that with Celtic. And the intrigue now is is what happens next in terms of recruitment, in terms of Brendan Rodgers shaping this Celtic side, how many changes he feels he needs to make from Ange Postacoglu's team who are yeah. just off the back of a treble. Well, that is the interesting thing. When Brendan Rodgers came the first time round, the landscape was totally different because they were getting into European qualifiers. He didn't quite know what his budget was going to be. He didn't know who he could attract to the club to to sell the Champions League dream on. Totally different. He's inherited a very good squad, um, a group of players who are relatively young, who have probably got their best days ahead of them. And he's been probably handed a kitty to, to go and do what he likes to strengthen this side. So... One, he'll look to improve the team that's there, but he will look to bring uh, a couple of players in. Uh, just who and where he sees those players fitting in, we, we don't quite know yet. 01419511025 on the phones. Joe is a Celtic fan on the line now. Joe, after that news being made official yesterday, are, are you in the camp of Celtic fans that's happy to see Brendan Rodgers back? Yes, I would be, definitely. As I said before, I was probably the same as every other Celtic fan when Brendan left. Felt a wee bit betrayed. Uh, but when I watched his wee comment on the news the other day, and it was it was a comment from when he first came in, and he said, if I, if I was to make the decision with my heart, I'd be Celtic all my life. We all know as adults that it's not just about run, uh, running with your heart. You've got to use your head as well, and it's about money and everything else. But... As long as Brendan comes back in and wins games for Celtic and the beats Rangers, stays on top, I'm quite happy. But what I would like to say is uh, I wouldn't like to come back and go back to the style of play he was doing the last time he was here. I know it was successful, we won a couple of trebles and that. But it's the fact that his mantra was always if we've got the ball, keep, keep possession, the other team can't score. And I thought it became a wee bit boring at the end up. And just don't hope he doesn't go back to that. Do you agree with that, Mark? Because I think at the time, Brendan Rodgers did get a lot of plaudits for the style of play he brought to yeah. Celtic. Certainly initially, I think maybe towards the end, you know, Joe's saying that you know it maybe wasn't working as well as it did right at the start, but yeah. he still won seven trophies out of seven. Well, first couple of years, 
no one said a thing you know because it was a different style than we're used to in Scotland where it was purely possession based making you know the the whole space of the pitch using every part of it kind of reinvented the way Scott Brown played remember instead of Scott charging about everywhere like he built his career on he played a more central role and that uh, probably got the best out of Scott in those years Um Goalkeeper was involved a lot from the back You know, the goalkeeper had to learn to play with his feet So the, it was a lot different But the first two years, hugely successful Yes, I, I do agree with Joe That people sometimes get a wee bit bored at the end And then what they saw in the last couple of years Is a totally different style Kind of swashbuckling, attacking, free-flowing football That gets fans off their seats I can see what Joe's saying Going back to a, a slower, possession-based football might be difficult for some fans to get used to seeing what they're, uh, they've seen the last couple of years. But we don't know. We don't know. Brendan Rodgers is a top manager. Top managers evolve with times and different trends in the game. I think he might come back with a different idea. I don't think we're going to see a, you know, a replicated style to what we've seen before. If anything, I think it will be a kind of hybrid of what we've seen under Postacoglu and what Brendan brought before. Kind of mix of both. I hope we do because that's what most of the Celtic fans want to see. Joe, does Brendan Rodgers need to come in and address what happened in February 19, uh, 2019? Does he need to make any sort of apology or is it just a case of getting his head down and and trying to be as successful as he was in his first spell? I don't think it's a matter of coming in and making an apology. It's it, it done what he felt was right for him at the time. Uh, I think, I just hope that he does come in and mix up a bit and he tries to make it a wee bit more urgent, the play, because it makes it more exciting to watch. And I hope he also does change some of the personnel in the team. I would like, I like bigger strikers, more physical players, because they can last longer in a season. So in terms of Kyogo, I mean, is he not doing it for you? You can't deny the stats. But I spoke to Celtic fans at the time, uh, friends at the time, and the Japanese boys came in. And I always thought they were a bit lightweight. Nerd, for, exa- for example, Kyogo was injured for in the first season, was you know? I mean, he was, was yeah, he was out injured for two months. months. He still, right, still managed to score over 50 goals in two exactly, seasons, which know, isn't a bad return. No, and if you look at the stats, that's fair enough, and it was great football to watch. Uh, so I just hope Brendan comes in and does a wee bit of a mix and gets a bit of bigger boys in the team so that we don't get bullied because I've mentioned this before but, uh, Listen, Ange Postacoglu had options to Kyogo he had Giacomacchus and he let Giacomacchus go you know, some Celtic fans think that was the wrong decision um, I probably think it's the wrong decision because look at the way he started in America he was physical it was an alternative option to Kyogo he's got O in there now that's an alternative but the truth is, it doesn't really matter how big and physical you are. If you're scoring 30 goals, 30 plus goals a season, and your movement is as good as Kyogo, you're always going to lead the line for Celtic. But what's interesting if Brendan Rodgers decides, you know, I'm not going to go with just the one guy through the middle. I'm going to mix it up and put someone alongside Kyogo. Be unusual, but you just don't know what a new manager brings. New ideas, as I said, they're always looking to evolve, always looking to keep up with with trends um, elsewhere and he might just have a different idea for this team Did you feel that was an issue last season Joe in terms of Celtic getting bullied physically because they, they seemed to cope with it pretty well over the course of the campaign 
Well, to be honest, Rangers sort of, as I said, I've spoken about this before on the show, and Rangers have bullied us in the past year and a half, at least two years in games. And it's, I would say, even though we maybe scraped the result or whatever else, Rangers have been in that to us for years. I mean, Celtic were still winning well, we the majority of the games, though, so would you not rather the win the games than win the physical battle, if, if that's what you feel Rangers were winning? I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place, and I want to see decent football, but I'm no man. <laughs> you want to see a team of wrestlers playing like Man City, <laughs> Joe? That's 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 not going to happen. I, I mean, look, Rangers were robust at times. You know, you look at some of the like Lundstrom and Goldson can handle themselves, and they know the right. But I would argue that even for Callum McGregor, not. Not being as big as Lundstrom or Gold, uh, Goldson, he, he can still handle himself. You look at Carter Vickers and Starfield, very rarely see those two get bullied. I'm guessing Joe means at the top end of the pitch, but like I say, if you've got movement and pace and creativity like Jota, Abada, and Kyogo and Maeda, then you can do without the physicality if you can get past people like they have done. Well, we'll go to Hamden shortly to get breaking team news for that Scotland against Georgia game but we will stick with the phone lines at the moment Joe, thank you to Joe let's go to Michael who's in Liverpool Michael, what are you making of the return of Brendan Rodgers? Um, I agree with Joe um, because I did think when Brendan Rodgers near to the end his football became stale right and it, the same thing happened at Liverpool that's that's why got, they got shot at him. And then the same thing in Leicester as well, you know. So for me, it's a bit of a worry, right? Because it's, it's, I, just, I just don't want it to happen again, you know what I mean? And Joe's right about Rangers. When Rangers, um, do you know what I mean? Because when Martin O'Neill was a manager, right? Martin O'Neill had bigger, bigger uh, guys. Like your Johan Mjabi, who I loved, big Bobo Baldi, uh, useful Harren. Much, a good squad when Martin Neal was the manager. But the thing is for me, I don't want that to become, his football to become stale. Because I I think Andrew Postecoglou is a better manager than, than him. Even though what he's, what he's achieved, you might think it's laughable, what I'm saying to you, but... That's my that's my opinion, and I just think I would have liked somebody somebody else. Because why? Because Matt, Brendan Rodgers isn't short a few bob or two, right? So why is he getting the privilege of being paid the highest manager in Celtic's history when Posta Coglu should have been offered a four-year contract by Celtic? And well, there's nothing to suggest, Michael, that, that Celtic didn't go out their way to try and tie Posta Coglu down to a contract and. You know, he maybe didn't want to accept it because he wanted to go down to England and then in return Celtic felt that Brendan Rodgers was the best man for the job to come in because he'd previously been there and won seven trophies out of seven. Uh, but see Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon came back twice and he, and he, and he messed up. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, Well Michael, Neil Lennon came back sure. and messed up after a period of success. People, people forget that about Neil, that you know, they, they tend to, to see what happened at the end of Neil's reign as an overall picture of what Neil was as Celtic manager. Neil was hugely successful, remember? And he, he got he another treble. The he treble completed the treble and then got another treble on top of that. So, if that's... The, the standards that some Celtic fans hold are incredibly high that winning a treble isn't enough or qualifying... Listen, Neil qualified for the last 16 of the Champions League, but 
because the style of football wasn't what some wanted to see, then he he's not held in the same regard as uh, as other Celtic managers. Look, Martin O'Neill's team were exceptional. I played against them, and I was lucky enough to play with some of the, these bigger hitters that Mike were talking about. But football is different now. I don't think we're going to see a team at Celtic Park that's full of six foot plus players who. Uh, you know, command high transfer fees for everywhere we go. Celtic are as far away from that as possible. They're much about what Ange Postacogo did and bringing players in the cheap, developing them, selling them on. And if we get a few stars in that, then so be it. Brendan Rodgers has got the job because he's an elite manager who can get the best out of that squad and tempt other players in who might not come to Scottish football if there's not a figurehead like Rodgers at the, at the helm. Well, thank you to Michael. We will get breaking team news from Hamden after the break. So if you've got any thoughts ahead of that big game between Scotland and Georgia, give us a call now. 0141 951 1025. 141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard and still a chance for you to get your thoughts in ahead of that big game between Scotland and Georgia. But let's not keep you waiting any
uh, given the transfer kitty that uh, Brian Rose has been promised, does he think the Celtic will sign their first ten million pound player this season? Oh, it's a good question. Um, by the way, Tony, the way football's going now, it wouldn't surprise you if if Brendan Rodgers is to make a serious dent in Europe, and you've got to believe that when he had those meetings with the board, that that is part of the remit to either advance in the Champions League at the group stage or drop into the Europa League and and go deep into the tournament, or if it happens to be the Conference League, then get to the latter stages. You have to keep up with times. And players now, the transfer fees are going for astronomical sums. £10 million is not a lot when you take into consideration the full of Europe. Might sound a lot here, but it isn't. So when he's got a kitty and he's been asked to complete a job, I wouldn't be surprised, Tony, if he did, but it's identifying who that is. Tony, is that the type of money you feel is needed to improve on, on Celtic's current starting lineup? Aye, definitely. I think they need to kind of burst the bank here if they want to make a dent in Europe, especially in the Champions League, when it's automatic qualification into the, the group stages. They need to try and make some sort of headway in Europe again. Um, I think the last time they done it was against Barcelona in 2012 when they won at Celtic Park, and that was up to the last 16. So I think if they're promising them that kind of thing, they have to kind of back them on this this time, you know. Um, because I know they lost it in John McGinn and I think that didn't go down well with Brendan Rodgers the last time, you know. But but here's the thing, Tony, with that as well. This is where it becomes difficult for Brendan Rodgers because he was shopping in an entirely different market when he was given vast amounts by Leicester and he could go and not only offer huge transfer fees but huge wages to back it up. Now he has to have a look at who he can attract for, for that money. So... Having an eye for a player is completely different in Scotland than it is to England. And that's why Postacoglu was such a success here. And his recruitment team who was behind the scenes. I think a lot of Celtic fans will hope Brendan can work that kind of ticket along with the recruitment staff at Celtic also. Yeah, he was definitely backed at times in his first spell as well. You look at you know the signing of Odson Edward, that was £9 million nine, yeah. pounds as well. But of course there was a lot of money coming in for players as well that they'd sold. Yeah, yeah, without doubt. And listen, that might be the case as well. We chat about who Brendan is going to keep, who can he make better. But let's be honest, the the maybe bids for Celtic players are coming off here back uh, two years of success where they've now some of these players played in the Champions League and impressed in the Champions League. Brendan Rodgers might just be considering some bids coming in and thinking how he can fill certain positions. But Tony's idea of £10 million players... Yes, of course, with the amount of money coming in from automatic Champions League qualification, you can't think it's far off. Well, thank you to Tony. I think we will have time for one more call. Just want to get your thoughts on this, Mark, story today. Malik Tillman won't be rejoining Rangers on a permanent deal this summer. Bayern Munich have essentially paid a cancellation fee. Rangers, of course, had an option to buy Malik Tillman at the end of his loan deal for, I think it was around £5.5 million. Bayern Munich could have then bought him back on their own for £9 million after that as a sort of buyback clause but essentially what they've done is they, they've paid a £1 million cancellation fee to sort of <laughs> yeah. put, put that to rest so there's no negotiations that are going to happen between Rangers and Bayern Munich and then on top of that Rangers would get 10% of any sell-on fee for if Bayern I, Munich I think it's quite extraordinary summer. quite extraordinary the deal of the century I think from a Rangers point of view there's no doubt Malik Tillman was a good player in spells for Rangers a young player who probably or, or might have developed into something special. But there's no guarantee with that. 
So I was never convinced that Rangers were going to go the full hog and pay £5 million for him. I think if that was the case, it may have been done or negotiated a lot earlier. But to get a million pounds and 10% of sell-on fee for a player that's not yours is incredible. I've never heard of that ever in football before. There might be some cases out there, but I think Rangers have come out of this pretty good when you think what they're banking and what they could bank going forward. Yeah, because Bayern Munich will certainly be looking at it from a, a profit side of things that you'd think they'd have sounded out other clubs and thought, well, we can actually get more than that five million elsewhere. There's been talk of interest from the likes of Brighton and Brentford. If they're able to sell him for example, £10 million, that would be a total of £2 million yeah. going to Rangers. Bayern Munich would then get £8 million pounds yeah. Yeah. of their own rather than just you know the, 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 five, the five million, million that they would have got course. from Rangers. So good business all round from everyone. Uh, but you've got to think that this may have come down to the player himself also. At the end of the season, I said I was at the PFA Awards and he accepted his award and he <laughs> didn't seem like a player who was desperate to be here the, the following year. If he's went back and said, listen, I'd rather try somewhere else next season, then that kind of puts that deal to bed. So I think Rangers can be happy with their business. Bayern Munich obviously get a bigger amount of money, but incredible. Paul is a Rangers fan on the line. Paul, what do you make of that news today? Uh, hi there. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. Um, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm saying to a producer there, I, I think a good young guy, young talent and everything else, but I, I, I wasn't too fussed, to be honest. I think Rangers We've got a good deal out of that, to be honest, with, with the £1 million fee, uh, £1 million and the 10% fee. But, no, not the flip side of things, I would have liked to have seen him in with, with a new team because I think he was in amongst players that were kind of, when they knew they were leaving Rangers, so when Morelos and Ken kind of on their way out, I suppose they didn't get a fair crack at under a new team and under a new leadership. So I'd have liked to have seen that, but to be fair, I think, no, I'm liking the, the, the signings Michael Bill we're bringing in. Um quite excited what I said to the producer there excited to hear about a new formation I think I've been getting quite bored and I know some of my other friends that are Rangers fans are, are saying the same that the 4-2-3-1 four, 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 formation was just the one up front constantly I think teams were working this out sussing us out all the time so I think hopefully a new dimension maybe mix things up a wee bit I think I'm not no I'm looking forward to it I think it'll be a good season good campaign I don't think Brendan Rodgers will have his own way that he did the first season around Matt will maybe disagree but you know, to be honest Rangers just got promoted to that time you know, it was a championship team I would say it wasn't a, it wasn't a team that's, that's strong now and I think it was getting there when, when Gerrard came in 2018 I'd have liked to have seen maybe another year with Rodgers there with, with Gerrard and seen how it panned out but no, I definitely think it'll be a lot more competitive this time I just wanted to add in I'll, I'll take that point Paul and I'll, I'll put that to Mark I mean Paul was talking about formations and things like that I mean Michael Beale did show flexibility towards the end of the season yeah. he was playing with, with two up top but you want to be able to play that with, with his players that he's brought in of course he was searching for different uh, formulas uh, who knows what he's going to come up with next year but one thing is I think he'll have an improved squad uh, I do think it'll be a more competitive league uh, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it who will come in through the door transfer wise for both sides will determine 
the way this title's going to go well thank you to Paul unfortunately that is all we've got time for tonight we are running out of time but of course a big game for Scotland tonight against Georgia looking forward to that one so make sure to join me and Kenny Miller tomorrow night from 6 o'clock we will be giving you all the reaction to that massive game can Steve Clark's men make it four wins from four in Euro 2024 qualifying lots to look forward to and of course lots of domestic stories going on as well so thank you very much for joining us whether it was on the phones whether it was tweeting in tonight or just listening at home and make sure to stick around tonight because Callum Gallagher is up next